Good evening, everyone. My name is Stephen Wilson, and you are listening to The Leaves of a Victim Nevermore. My name is Stephen Wilson. I am a survivor of childhood sex abuse, and I am a drug user. And this podcast is meant for people that identify as victims of addiction and victims of sex abuse. This podcast is a form of therapy for myself and those that listen, I hope. As it is the holiday season, Thanksgiving was a few weeks ago. Today I read again from Robert Frost. The poem is entitled Christmas Trees, a Christmas circular letter. The city had withdrawn into itself and left at last the country to the country. When between worlds of snow not come to lie and worlds of foliage not yet laid, there drove a stranger to our yard who looked the city, yet did in country fashion in that there he sat and waited till he drew us out, a buttoning coats to ask him who he was. He proved to be the city come again to look for something it had left behind and could not without, could not do without and keep its Christmas. He asked if I would sell my Christmas trees, my woods, the young fir balsams like a place where houses all are churches and have spires. I hadn't thought of them as Christmas trees. I doubt if I was tempted for a moment to sell them off their feet to go in cars and leave the slope behind the house all bare. Where the sun shines, now no warmer than the moon. I'd hate to have them know if it was. Yet more, I'd hate to hold my trees except as others hold theirs to ref or refuse for them beyond the time of profitable growth. The trial by market, everything must come to go. I dallied so much with the thought of selling, then whether from mistaken courtesy and fear of seeming short of speech, or whether from hope of hearing good of what was mine, I said, there aren't enough to be worthwhile. I could soon tell how many they would cut you let me look them over. You could look, but don't expect I'm going to let you have them. Pastor, they spring in, some in clumps too close. They lop each other boughs, but not a few quite solitary and having equal boughs all round and round. The latter he nodded yes to, or paused to say beneath some lovelier one. With the buyer's moderation, that would do. I thought so too, but wasn't there to say so. We climbed the pasture on the south, crossed over, and came down on the north. He said a thousand. A thousand Christmas trees at what, pro at what piece? He felt some need of softening that to me a thousand trees would come to thirty dollars. Then I was certain I had never meant to let him have them. Never show surprise. 
but $30 seems so small beside the extent of pasture I should strip. Three cents, for that was what all they figured out a piece. Three cents, so small beside the dollar, friends, I should be riding to within the hour, would pay in cities for good trees like those. Regular vestry trees, whole Sunday schools, could hang enough on to pick off enough. A thousand Christmas trees I didn't know I had, worth three cents more to give away than sell. As may be shown by a simple calculation, too bad I couldn't lay one in a letter. I can't help wishing I could send you one and wishing you herewith a Merry Christmas. That was Robert Frost, Christmas Trees, a Christmas circular letter. Well, dear friends, night has come. It's getting dark around five-ish, a little bit after. I don't know what part of the world you're in, but part I'm in. I remember those summer times when the glooming, it was 7.30, 8 o'clock, there was still dusk, still enough light to walk around, go to a park, go to the beach, bonfire up. But now it is part of the mystique, the Christmas magic. Because when the day grows dark, cold, and weary, what do we have? <laughs> we have a Christmas tree, don't we? I will tell you now, good friends, I put my Christmas tree up the day after Thanksgiving. It's part of my, well, it's part of my own Christmas magic, but I need a little bit as I do celebrate Black Friday. I do spend a lot of money on that day, not ashamed of it. I give in to the consumerism that Robert Frost railed against in that poem. In business to do business, friends. Jesus is the reason for the season, but sandals and long hair just don't work when it is 12 degrees outside. And I have to tell you, and I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I love Christmas. I love everything about it. And this particular week, the therapy session that we had, I'm again mentioning if you're new here, I go to a group therapy session once a week. Um, all the men in the group, we are all adult survivors of childhood sex abuse. And we're supposed to chime in when we want to at our own leisure about the topics of it. And the topic really had nothing to do with what one of the guys had talked about. And what he was bringing up was some of the things that he remembered. And he was talking about TV. And part of the reason that he brought it up is because one of the times that he got raped there was a Christmas special on TV, and it was about the Grinch. The Grinch stole Christmas. 
Good old Dr. Seuss and the Who's. Genius, really. But the way that he told it, there was something sinister about it. And of course, at this point in time in the, in the group, um, yeah, it is true that people leave and they come in. But when they get into the details, at some point in time in their dissertation, you connect to them. And I was thinking that when Dr. Seuss, and he wasn't the only one, but for some reason, people have always made a point to talk about the consumerism of Christmas, the business of Christmas. Black Friday is not a mention, it's not a reference to the weather. It's not a mention or reference to skin tone. It is a financial, capitalistic reference to the point at which a store that had been living in the red is now in black, and that means that they were making money. That means they waited till the end of the fourth quarter to start making profit. And that means that those first three quarters, they were in the red. Red is, is blood. For those of you that don't understand finance, obviously I have an MBA, so I know exactly what I'm talking about, but this is just a generalization, a simple accounting. Red in the ledger is blood. Company can't exist if it bleeds out, just like you and I. It's always about this consumerism. Can you really buy somebody happiness? Well, of course you can. If a kid wants a toy, you buy the toy, boom. You've got yourself a happy kid. If you're if the young adults in your family, if one of them wants a car and you buy them a car, you know what, they're gonna smile for a month. Now they may not like going to the gas pump, they may not understand what the actuarial science does for insurance. They just know that they can drive around and do whatever the hell they want to. Merry Christmas. Because as a kid, I would like to complain, but I can't. As a kid, Santa always got exactly what I wanted, and then I got more. My family celebrated Christmas. They made it very special for myself and my sister, and every year was wonderful. There was the we had Christmas carols, there was, we went, we had the, the whole thing at the bowling alley, and it was, um, there was brandy in the eggnog, there were cookies, there were cake, uh, Christmas lights, people were dancing. And when it came time to celebrate Christmas, it, it really was about the individual until it became part of the family. And as I got older and I, I found out, well, okay, there's no Santa, it really is about believing in that Christmas magic. But then 
you find somebody, like the guy in the group, that's got, well, he's got a little bit of a problem with the way people keep Christmas because of what happened to him, and it's ruined the entire season. Now, this particular man, he, he's fairly new to the group. He uh, participates, not at a common featurette. But it was obvious that he was there in, in the group session because he was in trouble. He was in crisis. And the thing is, is that people that have not been raped, people that have not been abused, they don't understand that the trauma is oceanic. It is as wide and as deep as anything that you can fathom and then some. It keeps going and going and going. And what if it happens to be a trigger? How many people, especially here in America, how many people are gonna glaze over? Man, I have seen the Christmas story a gazillion times and I'm not gonna watch, well, I guess, okay, okay. I'll watch it one more time with you guys. And, and uh, there's some channel on TV, uh, they play it for 24 hours in a row in America. I happen to have it on DVD, along with other Christmas movies. And what if the abuse ruined that movie or that special? I have The Grinch Stole Christmas on DVD. And I watched it this morning. It's not very long, but I watched it this morning and I went back through his testimonial in group. And it was horrible. Uh, it's been few and far between that I've had to deal with secondary trauma. But when I got done watching it, I felt sick. Now, um, I, I know I've mentioned it before, but there's always a warning shot across the bow. Before every group, we always tell people the same thing. You need to own what you brought here. If what you're about to hear, it may act like a trigger to your own trauma, your own past, whatever has happened to you. If you're new here, you need to be strong enough to deal with what you're about to hear because uh, basically um, we can talk about anything in group, whatever we're going through. And one person, they have the ability to monopolize the entire session and that's okay. And I never thought of myself as being uh, susceptible to these things. I, I never thought, you know, even though I did reach the bottom, I, I never thought that my defense mechanisms were so pedestrian that somebody would be able just to come up from behind me and just knock me out. But I tell you the truth. When I got done watching The Grinch, I felt sick because I remember his testimonial, his story.
And of course, the, the whole story of the Grinch Stole Christmas was the fact that Dr. Seuss was trying to tell us that there was something greater than the Christmas tree and the lights and the cakes and the cookies and the dancing and the caroling and, and, and the sledding and, and everything. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating Christmas all over again, just like we have in the past. And I wonder what's going to happen to me, and I, I can't help but wonder about him. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure the social worker put them in. Because I think his journey was just beginning. I'm proud of him. But I am a bit afraid. Because I never really thought about it, but I wonder what what happened to my own life if I couldn't go around and have that joy in my chest and, uh, you know, having deep pockets, I buy presents for everybody and I just wrap them up and, and sometimes I don't even wait for Christmas. I just open that here. It's one of five or whatever. And, you know, people sometimes they believe in the law of reciprocity, but that's not what I'm doing. I mean, I, if I want something, I go get it. I don't wait for somebody to buy it for me. But the fact is, is that I've started to receive cards and, I, and I've gotten a few gifts to put under my tree. And I thought that was awesome. And of course, it always comes with a hug. I always hug people. Deal with it. But this time around, when he got done, he was crying in his chair and he was, he's in that slumped mode. His head was down. You could hear him. He was crying. It wouldn't have done any good to give him any Kleenex. He wasn't going to stop. Of course, the social worker came around, started rubbing his back. It is difficult. And I don't know why I did it today. I just needed to, I think I just needed to revisit that story. And I, I know that the session just happened, not even 48 hours removed. I don't feel sick anymore, but it is still there, and it lingers. I want to believe that wherever he's gone, that he's going to get the help that he needs. But in psychology and psychiatry, when I was in school, when I was in doctoral, everybody notes, and there was actual, uh, there was empirical data, there were some articles about the, the Christmas curse, about suicides go up, alcoholism, they cry in their beer. And I'm not really sure that it should be a proverb. And I always wonder about that. 
it seems like the whole world celebrates, but if you don't join in the celebration, it, it doesn't seem like you can really do anything about it. People are so joyous. They're, they're ready to have a good time that if you're not ready to have a good time, then they're not really wanting to help you. They'll buy you a drink. That's not what you need. They'll put you on the dance floor. That's not what you need. The one thing that you need, and that's somebody to listen to you, that's not what makes Christmas Christmas, not for the people here. Robert Frost was talking about a farmer dealing with the, uh, you know, the progress of capitalism. The concept of, okay, this is what your trees are worth in the market device. But the poet tells us something else. Value is outside that scale. It is outside that metric, and quite frankly, the city has no place here. The poet, the farmer, refused. And in the end, wished us all a Merry Christmas. And in, in that end, when the Grinch returned the, the food and the presents and the lights and the trees and all the trappings of Christmas, the Grinch realized that Christmas was not found in those things. Not really. Not for the people of Whoville. And I wonder when December 25th rolls around, what's, what's going to happen to those people that they just want to talk, they just want somebody to listen to them. They need to sound off. They need something other than brandy and the eggnog. They could easily do a line of Coke. They could light the spoon. They could chomp on an edible. There's a lot of things they could do to go numb. But that's what they've been doing. And when you come back around, when you sober up, the problem is there and it's got a little bit older. It's got a little bit wiser. The problem knows all your tricks, the things you do in avoidance, your escapism. You go into another piece of ass, you go to another bar, you go to another movie, you escape because that's all you can do. I have no idea what's happening to him. And we cannot, by the rules of the group, ask. The only time that we were told is that there is a death. And as I am doing this, I think about next week and what I might hear. The man that was here last week that broke down, he has taken his own life. Merry Christmas. It is the reality of that pain. 
maybe we should all grieve for ourselves. Maybe I'm just in a rough patch right now. But the magic of Christmas, I can't find it right now. Maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll all be better. What a pathetic statement that is. I need... I need Christmas. I need to return. I need to revisit that youth. To wear those ugly sweaters. To pretend to tie your shoes by the table with all the cookies in it. Find a way to get to the fridge and the garage so you can steal a piece of pie before everybody else. Deviance and moderation are still deviance. But if it is done in the name of Christmas, then it should be accepted. I wonder, I wonder if I could do something for him, to reach him, to let him know. Maybe Christmas is more than the trappings, but the trappings do exist for a reason and they make it worthwhile and I need them all. I understand Jesus is the reason for the season. But I need all those trappings. That Dr. Seuss made light of. I want to be able to watch that Grinch and not feel sick. Okay. Well, I know that was kind of a downer, but what the hell. That's what this is for, and I just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, you have been listening to the podcast, The Leaves of a Victim Nevermore, with Stephen Wilson. My name is Stephen Wilson, and may you be a blessing, and may you find serenity. And more than anything... Find that Christmas magic. Buy a gift and give it to somebody. And say it with meaning. <laughs>